Yesterday on the show, I said the Minnesota Vikings are frauds. <laughs> well, today on the show, the host of Locked on Vikings tries to explain to me why I'm wrong. I'm not. Here we go. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Oh, thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting our day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Hey, um, Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings on the show today. Let's get into it. Welcome inside another crossover edition. Locked on Packers, Locked on Vikings. Luke Braun with Locked on Vikings. I'm Peter Bukowski with Locked on Packers. An NFC North showdown with incredibly important NFC playoff implications which means we are going to have an absolute blast on today's show, which is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, and you're right about them scoring more or less, you can win up to 10 times your money. First-time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's Prize Picks with the promo code locked on. Luke, uh, this is the second time we get to do this. We haven't we haven't mm-hmm. talked. This is, I, I think, probably the longest I've ever gone between crossovers. Uh, in, in week one to week seventeen seems mm-hmm. absolutely bonkers, but here we are. Um, the Vikings keep winning inexplicably, and the Packers now have a chance to to get a keep their playoff hopes alive with a win. What is the thing that you are monitoring right now? The biggest story in Vikings land. Yeah, well, we got to we got to have the fraud talk, I think you and I today. Uh, I, th- I think we got to do that right now, though. So the vi- the spreads, what, like three and a half, four, depending on where yeah, I, depending on where I opened at, at four for the Packers. The Vikings aren't going to play everybody. Uh, that's, I think, the I know you were going through a whole thing, like trying to figure out what like or trying to explain like, no, the spread is right. They, they might have Justin Jefferson on a pitch count if he'll let them. That's also been a thing. Like he kind of says no and just goes out there anyways. Um, but they've already got guys like Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks on pitch counts, defensive line rotating a lot more. Um, so they're they're kind of in like preseason. They're not like full resting, getting, you know, just full on, you know, Nick Mullins going in or anything like that. But they're trying to keep people healthy and keep people rested. Kevin O'Connell was up front about this, right? Said this is what we're going to do. He's been saying this for two weeks and they've been doing it for two weeks here. Um, so that's, I think part of it is that like, you might not see everybody. Um, but still, I hope that that doesn't ruin, um, the Super Bowl for you because I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because every, every time over the last uh, five or so years, if the Vikings beat the Packers, it is the biggest story in Minnesota sports for like six months. And it's, it's very much like, like the Don Draper, um, the scene where it's, I, I feel sorry for you. And it's like, I don't think about you at all. I think I, I you think cannot say that, that after the two days you have had on Twitter. Man. No. <laughs> so I also happen to like, um, 
breaking down the team that I cover against the opponent that they are facing. And so it's a little different this week. Now I have been saying for, for many weeks that the Vikings are frauds, right? You know, this, your, your listeners know this, your followers on Twitter certainly know this. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I feel. I, I spent nine and a half minutes on it yesterday on the show. So we don't need to totally <laughs> rehash it, but it's going to be fascinating to see. So like if the, if the, the 2019 team is the one that comes up a lot, right? The, the Packers and the Vikings were better by DVOA and EPA and all these, the, all these stats that I'm bringing up now. And it was a popular thing to say on, among Vikings fans and Vikings Twitter to say, yeah, but the, the Vikings are better and we hope we see you in the playoffs. It's interesting that the roles are reversed right now and that the Packers beat that Vikings team twice and DVOA still said the Vikings were the better team. That very well could be how this all plays out. And, and I've said that I like, it's fine if the Vikings win, I'm still going to continue to die on this hill that the, the underlying metrics say the Vikings are not as good. So I'm going to, before we dive into the matchups or anything like that, can you explain to me why, if you just looked at things that we tend to use as measures of quality for teams, do not by and large reflect the actual number of wins and losses that this team has? Like, what is the explanation for that? Yeah, so I think the explanation is, I, I think you've got a misconception of like what the regression should look like. Um, and I wrote a whole article on zone coverage about this, about regression. And what is regression supposed to look like? I think in the first like six weeks, yeah, they played like some crappy teams pretty crappily and they were still getting used to the scheme and, you know, new head coach and stuff, still kind of getting things under their belt, not unlike the, the 2019 Packers. Um, right. And then after the Same bye, offense even. And, and they like got really lucky in those games with weird ref calls and stuff, some turnover things. And then um, in after the buy, they had clearly pulled things together. And I think their luck evened out. But if you look at like what regression is supposed to look like, Peter, regression already happened. Their luck has regressed. They are totally back to average in luck. And if you look at like the metrics, I don't know, red zone or turnover luck or, or whatever, it's going to look like they're above average if you add up the whole season because they had a bunch of lucky games and then a bunch of average games. But regression is not they had lucky games. Now they need unlucky games. It's that luck will constantly be average. And over the last nine games, they've had unlucky breaks as much as they've had lucky breaks last nine games after the bye. And they've still been able to hang with, if not beat, teams like the Bills. Um, one of the biggest things, they've got like a, a win's worth of win probability out of uh, that Bills game because they had like a 75% win probability move on one fumble. And that like right. explains like most of it. Um, so I think if you're going to look at these analytics, you can't just look at like, here they are in DVOA. They're the 17th best team by DVOA. So they're the 17th best team. Um, I, I don't think like Aaron Schatz would tell you that that's a good idea. He invented it. Like, I think even he would tell you, you have to look a little bit more at, at the how and the why, and you can do that statistically. You can do that on tape. Um, and that's kind of two different languages to go. But the Vikings have gotten better over the season, way different team than the one that you guys played. And I would hope for your sake that you're a, a different team than the one that we played week one, because that was a catastrophe for you guys. Um, and that like they've gotten a Still lot blown better some coverages over... to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes two of us. Um, but like they're so, so, over the season totals are probably not the most representative of the team you're getting right now if you're still including stuff that happened week three when they were just like way less comfortable 
in the scheme and all that. And then the only other thing I would bring up is the situational masters thing, which is a huge Kevin O'Connell emphasis of being good at situational football. You see things like Mark Ingram going out of bounds on Monday night football when he's not supposed to that kind of stuff. The Vikings are very good at avoiding that. They're very good at avoiding penalties. They're very good at all these other things on the margin, on the margins that, that tend to add up over time so and, and don't, don't get things, caught. Why don't those things matter in the first quarter and the second quarter and the third quarter? Why do they only well, manifest? Situation? In the quarter? Because those situations they matter are when the important in the first quarter. When the clock matters. They matter when the clock matters. And, no, they and, matter in the first but, quarter. But a touchdown in the first quarter counts as seven, just like it does in the fourth quarter. Like it, if, you, if you're a good situational team, you should be good first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, two, not just good in the fourth quarter. Like the thing about those Patriots teams that were truly situational ma- masters is they did it all the time, not just in the fourth quarter. And the Vikings don't do that. Do you know what situational football is? It's the yes, fourth quarter. You, it's but, clock but, management. But we're not talking about just the fourth quarter. Situational football is red zone. Situational football is third down. Situational yeah, football is end of half. <laughs> they're amazing. Like, and they're like the fourth best football, red zone team in the league. Not just the fourth quarter. Yeah, they're great in the red zone. They're great on on third downs. I think they generate like the fifth most first, first downs in the league. Um, and I, I th- if you look at the end of these games, they're, they're the a mediocre. They're a mediocre offense on third down or mediocre defense on third down. They're a very good offense in the red zone. If you look at the way that they've navigated these end game situations, especially. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think I saw you post that you think red zone is luck too. So I don't know where we're at on. on no, red zone is noise. Okay, it's small sample size theater. I mean, we're already in small sample size theater. If you want to project a reject, uh, right, but a I'm regression. saying the red there zone, are red like zone, four red games zone left. There's a maximum six games. Red left. zone performance is highly variable. Like the Packers were all time great in 2020. And with the same coaches and the same players in 2021, they were below average. Like it's, it's a small sample size problem. Like projecting good red zone efficiency is really hard because it can be so noisy. It's, it's, and why are you projecting it so hard? I'm, I'm I'm not. I'm telling you it's not reliable week over week. No, yeah, nobody's saying it's reliable. I think most people understand. No, but that. you're arguing that they're good situationally and I'm telling you that those situations that's just that's just noise. So are you saying like, you just I, can't I'm saying be they're a good not. I'm saying they they just it's they've just been good. To be a good but that's team. if it's not reliable, if it's not projectable then it doesn't really matter. Okay, let's pull this back then. So, let's say the Vikings get average luck. And they're average and all mm-hmm. these unsustainable things. And I get it. Red zone is I, you can be good in the red zone and then it's hard to do a good thing in the red zone in the future. But they should right. still get credit for doing good things in the red zone. Um, sure. But let's but, say the Vikings but, get but average. My, my what do you think is, their record should be? What do you think? They're 12 and three. What do you think it should, should be? A five win team, 10 win team, two well, win team. What are we talking the, about? The formulas that we use to predict these, to, to, to assess these things, say that they should be like estimated wins by, by football outsiders say they should be a six win team. Now, I don't think they should be a six win team, but I certainly don't think they look like a 12 win team. Like, so Nobody here's does. the, if you, Nobody if you says go back, 12, and, but what are we go, talking about? So let me, I'm going to answer 500? your question. The Packers with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy in, I think it is seven out of nine seasons outperformed their estimated wins. I think a good coach and a good quarterback are worth an extra win and a half or two based on what we ch- tend to look at and t- that that tells us team quality. So if you're supposed to be a 10 or 11 win team and you win 12 or 13 games, this is exactly what happened with the Packers in 2019. They were probably a 10 win team, but Aaron Rodgers pulled three games out of thin air and they became a 13 win team. Every is it team that the quarterback playing well, I'm sorry. 
Isn't that the quarterback playing well, though? I mean, we've had four, seven, yeah, seven, four is. quarter comebacks. No, no, it, it That's the quarterback it definitely doing is. good stuff. But so my point is, you look at you look at every other team that has 10 wins in the league right now. All of them, 10 or more, all of them have 10 or more estimated wins. So they all of their underlying metrics say they are good. So are, are Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell being so much better than those teams that they are pulling up so much more of this weight. I just don't, I just don't see that as being the case. That's, that Vikings seems crazy fans, to me. Most Vikings fans would probably agree that like the 49ers, Cowboys and Eagles are better. If you just want to stick to the, uh, okay. to the NFC, um, they've proven that they can go and do something like go into Buffalo and win a game. Or if you want to say they got lucky, go toe to toe. Um, but mm-hmm. I think saying like six wins is just way over correcting for stuff that is ultimately on the margins of, of a game. Um, like, red zone third down and stuff like that is part of it but a lot more of the meat of it in terms of generating first downs has been a little bit more consistent the the vikings are really bursty and i think it creates these sort of you know you fall behind 33 you score 33 kind of deals um and i think it it muddies a a a lot of that stuff um and i also will say well good go ahead well what i was gonna what i was gonna say is if you're if if the Vikings are a good team, why historically have all the good teams looked statistically like not the Vikings? Why are That's they? That's why I'm asking you. How good outliers? do you think the Vikings are? Because nobody's saying they're actually as good as all the twelve wins. I, I yeah, think they're I think they're, sure. I think they're so. I think they're in that like seven to nine win range as of this seven month. to nine. So you yeah. think they've won like five games that they shouldn't have won? I don't think they've won five games that they shouldn't have won. I think they have. So like I, I couldn't, I'm not going to go through and say, okay, they should have obviously the Colts game. They should have lost every team you ever so? that has been in that position. They should, they, they lost that game. So they like, do something nobody's ever done before. And because nobody's ever done yes. before, you think that it's sh- that, that, that it doesn't like it shouldn't count by, by, they shouldn't get credit for doing count. something that has never I'm happened saying, before. I'm saying historically wildly unlikely for them to have won that game. So I'm saying that win counts in the standings, of course, but in terms of win quality, I'll also say that might be talking about all time outlier. So this is, this is interesting. So someone, someone suggested that 50, 50 games they've won, they've won 11. If, if, if close games are coin flips, which is a really bad way to look at it, by the way, but, but let's just say that two eight pointers, a couple seven pointers, they had over 60% in the last drive. And like all of those games, like over 60% win probability. That's the case. It's about 0.05% chance that they would win all these games. Well, they've yeah, already not set an way. NFL record for close game wins, right? Mm-hmm. They've done something no other team has, has done ever. And one of those wins is, is a comeback that no other team had ever done ever. So if we're talking about historical outliers, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that they would have a historical outlier performance above their team quality. Yeah, I think they're yeah, they are an outlier. Absolutely. Right. I don't think that's a bad thing. But they so, just are an outlier. Like if if they're a nine-win team, is that that much worse than what they are now? Like we'd be we'd be saying that they're probably the fourth or fifth best team in the NFC. Like, I don't think that's crazy. I think that's fine. I would have said 10-win team. So we're one win off, and maybe we don't need to fight that hard about it. No, I mean, um, look, I I think if you again, 
I believe in all of the all of the numbers that I have cited. I, I am consistent on this. I've talked about this with the Packers for years. So I'm, it's not like I'm making up new numbers to try and justify my position on this. I believe in point differential. I believe in DVOA and EPA and all those numbers that say the Vikings are a mediocre team. So I think they they would be I mean they're a mediocre team. That's what that's what I so think. So do you believe so you you like if there is an outlier that that probably shouldn't be treated as the like the middle of the bell curve, right? Like that shouldn't be right. the thing. Okay, so all of those metrics are skewed insanely by the one Cowboys game that's an outlier. That one's not the bell curve and it's probably overrepresented in all of those stats. Well, but they also they also got beat handily by the Eagles. I think they're yeah. Then they're a different team than that. We kind of already talked about that with the, the, the those are the two games, the Lions game. That was a, a pretty bad game, but I think that was fair enough. And the Lions deserve a lot of credit for that one, too. And then that's it. That's the three losses. That's it. <laughs> but again, they lost three games by double digits. And like, why? Why, if they're good, why are they not doing what every other good team does? I guess that's the question. Every other good team that we've ever seen that that has been as good as this Vikings team is at, at winning games has won in a different kind of way. So that why is that? That is a great that? argument to treat them like a 10-win team instead of a 12-win team. But if you want to go to eight or seven or something like that, I think you have to work a little bit harder than other teams are a little better. With the but other teams are, are like, like if you want to take better. a third of or, or a lot like better five of 12 wins away, you're, you're almost taking half the wins away. You have to go so much harder than the historically other teams with this record have had better DVOA. But they also have better point differentials. They had better EPA per play. They had better po- like it's there's a mountain I mean, of data. I mean, it's the same, that it's the same information that goes in. in that, that's the same information presented in three different ways. It's all basically stuff that is trained on how many yards a certain play got and trying to be like smart and contextual about it. OK, so it wins is the only thing that matters then, I guess. That's where we landed. That's fine. That's, that's um, not where we landed at all. But I, here's, about the here's what I will say. There are specific things that they have done, I think, to be better in the very historically wonky area of when there's a three-point differential in a game. And those things have been repeated all year. But the other thing is they're out of time for regression to hit. Like, regression is what happens when you win 10 coin flips in a row and then you flip a coin 100 more times, eventually the luck evens out and those first 10 wins are washed away. That's what regression is. There's only two regular season games left and then if they lose one, it's over. So regression is kind of out of time to hit and you're going to get in, like once you're in the playoffs, you get into a single game sample and those sorts of overall average weird things don't count. You could go get somebody on a bad day because they drank too much the night before and suddenly, you know, you're the bills in the nineties, <laughs> but yeah, I we have to get to matchups and everything else. It's We've less about, to me, it's less about regression and more about trying to assess the actual quality of this team. And so if we're trying to say, okay, what happens in the playoffs? Cause they're going to the playoffs. We know that they're going to, they're going to be underdogs in, in a lot of those games against any of the teams above them. Like they won't be against the commanders at home, probably right in a three, six, if that's what it ends up being, or in a two, seven against the lions, the they'll be favored at home. It would be, which is but, the biggest bummer here is if you guys beat us, in this game, like you have to then make playoffs. The, the two seed is it, out, basically. Then you're getting San Francisco probably. Yeah. So we can't have the rematch, but and there are a lot of Packer fans that like I'm just good on that then. Like I'd rather not make the playoffs than get our asses kicked by the 49ers again. There's a lot of Packer fans that feel that way. All right. <laughs> a little sort. We got so much other stuff. To so talk many other about. things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from the league available as bonus episodes. On Locked On NFL, narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster Taylor Rooks. The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories 
in America's favorite sport, pro football. You don't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s through the present. Our bonus episode is called The Way of the Cowboy and the Incredible Story of the 1977 Dallas Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach their defense martial arts, ushering in a new approach to ways the league trained. Head over to Locked on NFL for a bonus episode of the league or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available. Now, Audible, get in the game. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked on Sports today. If you're a Vikings fan, you may have already heard a version of Locked on Sports today in your feed and been going, what is this? Why do I hear Peter Bukowski's voice in my feed? I get it. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reaction, game recaps, and Locked on's take of the day. Locked on Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I can't wait until that whole A block is clipped for Locked on Social. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Luke, let's talk about the actual matchups in this game rather than trying to adjudicate the quality of the Minnesota Vikings. Sure. Um, How do you feel about Justin Jefferson versus Eric Stokes again? Is that going to go better this time? Well, Eric Stokes is on IR, so that's not going to happen. I didn't even know that. But who is it? Who is it then? It'll be Russell Douglas. Okay. Um, Yeah, that... It's about the same. And so, well, it's interesting that of course is going to be the thing that, that we're focused on in this one. Right. So Jair Alexander wanted to travel in week one. The Packers didn't let him do that. They haven't really let him do that over the course of the season. They've done it a little bit. Um, They let him do it a little bit with Terry McLaurin. I just don't think like the Vikings, this Vikings offense is the team to do that with. Although maybe on third down, if Keyshawn Nixon can't go and Justin Jefferson's going to play in the slot, maybe you see it a little bit more. If if you're if you're thinking about that that from from this perspective, how do you want to see the Packers defend the Vikings? I think the thing I'd least want to see is Jair Alexander traveling with Justin Jefferson. I think I'd be pretty happy to not see that. I mean, I certainly was happy with it week one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it's so tough because the last time the, these two teams played the Packers just like didn't cover anybody cause they kept busting. So it's like, I guess if you can improve on that, your odds will be a little better. Um, but like, yeah, but other than I, that, the play was pretty good. <laughs> how, how else was the play? Mrs. Lincoln. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be the thing I would least like to see, but Jefferson has seen a lot of capping with safeties and a lot of, you know, press underneath and trailing with, with something like poaching or something like that. And that's been the kind of way, like he's just functionally doubled all the time. And then it comes down to, can KJ Osborne do stuff? Can TJ Hawkinson do stuff? He's over here now. Uh, Or he just catches a touchdown against brackets against the giants because he's just really good. Yes. That was completely insane. Um, So he'll get his, like there's just at a certain point, only so much you can do there. Um, but hey, you know, Lambeau cold going to be a little harder to throw. Maybe this will be more of a run game kind of thing, um, which is, I guess, the question I want to flip to you then. If the Vikings are going to go with the zone run thing, I mean, that this Dalvin Cook zone run game different than it was like in the 2020 game when they got four touchdowns and all of that stuff, but still very much the same DNA. Is that something you feel any bit better about the Packers um, defending? You know, they've had... They didn't defend it poorly in the first game. Um, in the second half, the Vikings went to the run game a little bit more and got it going a little bit in, in a game where the Packers offense was just like not generating points, not generating first downs. And, and I think the the just the fatigue of the game set in for them a little bit. That was the story of really their first six or seven weeks. They defended Miami really well in the run game in the second half. Um, and in fact, really starting after the first quarter, they gave up a couple explosive runs to start. And then 
they said, okay, if you're going to run all this wide zone, like here's the six one that has just sort of been the um, panacea to stopping these wide zone runs. You have to come up with something else. I, I was going to ask you, interestingly, why the, this Vikings run game hasn't been as potent as we've seen it in years past. I just and, don't care about it. So if, I mean, if they're it's just going to be like, thing, okay, yeah. here's, here's all of the Justin Jefferson stuff and Adam Thielen stuff and let Kirk Cousins go cook, then... It's then they're I guess running like just enough to justify their play actions, and that's kind of it. Like it's so different than which is Mike probably the way wanted to. It's probably yeah. the way to do it. By the way, um, if the I Packers like could do that, the neutral pass rate or something like that, it's just who they are. They're a McVay team. It's just kind of who they are. And Mike Zimmer is probably watching it and punching air, going, "Come on, they're not running the ball enough." And Vikings uh, fans he's are chilling like, with Dion. Thank God well, anymore, uh, that they're that they're finally passing this much. I, I'm I'm interested to see how much the Packers care, knowing that the Vikings don't care as much. Right. Yeah. And so if, I think I mean, that, if you want to like split, like go single high and load the box, that's a dream for the Vikings. Yeah. And I don't I, like the Packers didn't do that in week one. Um, they played a lot. I don't of think two, they should this time. They played a lot of too high. Now they they live in too high pre-snap and then they're going to decide, OK, are we going to spin? Or are we not? Are we going to play four? Are we going to play two? Are we going to play six? They they have they did some interesting things, mixing coverages in the second half against Tua, but they didn't do anything that tricky. Like it wasn't like they were. They were, you know, doing some crazy disguises and and double A gap mugs and and fire zones and and simulated pressures. Like, no, it was just four man rushes and they were winning. Now the, yeah. the the Dolphins offensive line is worse than the Vikings offensive line. Um, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, based on the practice reports, that this is going to be a pretty vi- a healthy Vikings offensive line. Yes, uh, they're missing their center probably. He's got a back thing. Um, Garrett Bradbury is out, so it's Austin Schlotman who has been a backup. Well, Kenny Clark um, has already yeah. like, uh, you know, speaking of matchups, that's the one that I was going to say. Yeah, like, Garrett, Garrett Bradbury already needs to send Father's Day cards to Kenny Clark every year. So like <laughs> that's just part of the deal. Um, but Preston Smith has been really good. He was really impactful last week. Kingsley and bar the rookie has been he really come off good. the edge mostly. Mm hmm. Oh boy. Christian Derisaw has been a revelation. That he's, is going to be a fun. He's been so good. He's been really, really good. And Preston Smith has gotten some, some good offensive linemen this year, which has really been interesting to see. Um, I, I will see if the Packers decide to blitz Kirk cousins or just like force Kirk to, to read everything out and, and make the right plays. He made some great plays in week one under pressure, right? Like that was part of the deal that the, the touchdown was an incredible, incredible play by Kirk. Like he created some time with a guy in his face, pressure and and throws to Justin Jefferson, who happens to be wide open, but he doesn't get to Justin Jefferson if the pressure gets home. It didn't, he escaped it and he makes a nice throw. So he's he has played incredible football against the Packers. That's been like the most frustrating thing for Packers fans is watching him have his, best, his games best games. Yeah. In like the, in the, the face second one of he played moments. as a Viking in Lambeau, the tie might still be his best game. So he was, was unbelievable in that game. Now, the only bad one was the one where coincidentally, Zadarius Smith was unblockable on Monday night in Minnesota to steal the division. That was the game where all the Vikings fans were saying, no, look, no, look at DBOA. We're better. And then the Packers won that game pretty comfortably. So my, what I said was the Packers will win if they protect Rodgers. If the blocking is good, I think they'll be able to get enough against this defense to win. Week one, the offense was scuttled by pressure. Zedaria Smith was a, a world beater. And so David Bakhtiari practiced on Wednesday. Josh Nyman, who had a shoulder injury against the, the Dolphins, also practiced on Wednesday. And Zach Tom has acquitted himself. He's the best pass blocking rookie in this rookie class. Um, and, and so I, I think they're in a good position to do that. Then it's can they play complimentary football? Do they have answers right. for Justin Jefferson? But it's it, the Packers, if they let pressure affect the game, 
offensively from the offensive standpoint, I don't think they will win. If they don't, I think they'll win. Like, I think that that really is for me, how simple the game is right now. Is is there something that you see as similarly important for the Vikings? I, I was going to say getting pressure on mm. Rogers. Uh, the other yeah, thing, so I saw Rogers wasn't practicing with a knee injury. It sounds like he's still going to go there. Yeah, just that's just maintenance. That's just old guy okay. maintenance. He's going to be Got fine. It. I mean, whether he'll be limited, we'll see. He didn't look limited on that throw to Mercedes Lewis, escaping pressure to his left against the, the Dolphins on Sunday. But yeah, you you never yeah. you never want to see him just like, mysteriously pop up on the injury report. Right, like one of those where you wake up and it hurts worse than it did in the day. Um, I, I would say it's the same thing. I think Zadarius Smith rushing inside and you know how he loves to do like yeah. get him one on one of the guard, that kind of thing um, is going to be a big deal. And Zach, Tom, he's right tackle, right? Well, he so he's played he's played multiple positions so far. He was playing left tackle for David Bakhtiari and then he was playing right tackle um, for Yash Nyman at times. So it's he's been he's been moving around, which is actually pretty impressive for the rookie. He played left guard in that week one game where. Um, the Packers right. had a bunch of injuries and they were playing a bunch of backups in that game. Anyway, Jake Hansen, who started a right guard in that game is, is on IR, but also was deeply buried on the bench. Royce Newman, who was playing right tackle in that game was moved to right guard, then lost that job. So if, if Josh Nyman can go, he won't be on the field. So this offensive line will be much better than it was in that week one matchup. Um, we'll, we'll see if that actually plays itself out in, in, in an important and meaningful way and we'll let's get to let's get to some predictions here um you know i have a feeling where this is going to go but let's let's have some fun anyway <laughs> i don't know i i don't know who plays <laughs> that's that's part of the the, the reason yeah. this is all difficult bet online if you want to if you want to have some money on it which maybe luke and i can hey, have if you some feel side, super strongly that's what we can, I ha- we can have some side money on it maybe luke uh get the latest odds and trend we should do it at bet online first and then maybe have some more on the side get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football the college bowl season to basketball world cup we've got it all at betonline.net um if you love sports you will love bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts and did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence. Mm-hmm. That driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, maybe especially your parents can tell. So what you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high, why would you think that? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your release time, response time, and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. And one more time, Luke, let me shamelessly plug, Locked on Sports today. Make it your second listen. We bring you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders locked on sports today available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Okay. I've seen this line three, three and a half. As you said, we don't know who's going to play. We don't Just know how much three and they're a half going on to play line right now. And three and a half on better line as we record this. Um, and the last time I checked money was pretty evenly split too. Um, uh, so that's an interesting slightly factor. on the Vikings, but yeah, it'll go up and down. I, I think, I think this game, as I said, I think it's a game between two teams that are relatively even how much the Vikings want to care. Like I, I meant to ask you this, but we got a little carried away. Um, yeah. 
was how much you think the Vikings should care about a game like this. I'm so torn on this. So on one hand, I get it. Like they are prioritizing health and kind of freshness over the difference between the two or the three seed, because ultimately for that to come up, the 49ers have to win out and both the Vikings and 49ers have to see their, um, have to win their wildcard games. That's a four game parlay for this to even matter. Right. Um, so yeah, that like, and I think that's, we'll see what bet online would give us odds on that for. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's like, but it, if it does matter, that would certainly matter, right? Home field advantage up against San Francisco. That's a tough team. You want to get them to us bank where it's loud. Brock Purdy, make him play on the road. Um, so I get it. But on the same at the same time, it's like, is that more important than, you know, what if you run everybody to the ground and guys like Harrison Smith or Eric Kendricks or Daniel Hunter that have played like every rep this season? That Colts game, it was like 115 reps. Like it was insane. Or I think uh, 93 was the actual number on defense. 93 reps in a game. That's that's that's, 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 unbelievable. that's that's a game and a half. That's almost two games. That's yeah, it's unbelievable. And so that wear and tear is like, okay, maybe those guys being fresh so we can actually win these playoff games rather than, you know, worrying about what where we end up in the standings. I'm super, super torn on it. I think I lean toward where Kevin O'Connell is, where, yeah, give him some rest. And he is sort of half playing it. Like they'll play a little, they'll rotate out, trying to get some young guys some run. We're seeing a lot more Brian Asamoa, Sezia Tomo, these draft pick guys that have kind of been on the bench all year, um, getting a little bit more run. But I think all of that said, I have been taking Vikings overs for weeks and they always hit. So if I'm going to be anything like confident in anything, it's over 47 and a half, three and a half points on the road division. No idea who's going to play. That's one where I'm just, I'm not going to put any money anywhere on that. I have no idea how that's going to play out, but I'd be surprised if there wasn't a bunch of scoring. Yeah. The over to me is a lock. I I know it's going to be cold, but I I just think there's going to be a lot of scoring. And, And if you look at it, the Packers against the best defenses they've faced. That's actually when they've been at their best, interestingly. Um, and so, you know, the, the Cowboys. This is the second worst on the Cowboys. The they hung 30 on the Eagles. Um, and and even, I, I know Aaron Donald didn't play, but that's still a pretty good Rams defense. Um, and and they really, I mean, they they kneeled at the one-yard line. They could have sleptwalked to 30 points if they wanted to in that game. So I think there's going to be points. I think the Packers win. I think the Packers cover. Um, and I don't think the Vikings care that much. I think that's that's part of the deal. And so, um, speaking of the Don Draper meme, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, a lot more to come. I'm going to be live after the game. Are you going to Are you going to do a live stream after the game? I will be live a few hours after the game. Um, I have uh, a conflict, so I'll be it's fine. With, uh, check Sam. out Locked On Vikings after the game. Um, check out locked on Packers after the game. I, 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 we, we always get Vikings fans on our streams. Um, so if you want to come stop by, welcome, um, we'll have some fun. We'll have some fun. I had fun with this, Luke. This I think, is fun. I think it's all good fun. I always, I always <laughs> have fun talking to you. Um, Banger I, always, crossover. I always have fun on Twitter with you. And so that's, that's part of why I love to do these crossovers. We will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks to Luke for joining the show. Always great to talk to him. I really do like Luke. I think people like will miss that in all of this. Luke and I are friends. We talk off air regularly. Um, we, we go back and forth on Twitter. We have a good time. When we stopped recording, when we hit stop on this recording, we were thrilled 
we we had a blast recording this show. So I hope that comes through. I hope you guys had as much fun listening to it as we had recording it. Um, we have a, a end of year show coming tomorrow on the program. And then we're going to be live on Sunday after the game Check us out on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, you can do that on the Locked on Packers YouTube page, like after the game on Sunday, to stay Locked on Packers.